Hi, I'm Anna Winter. Do you love listening to Low Profile? There are several ways you can support this show. You can sign up for flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash lowprofile at the cost of a cup of coffee once a month. If you join the Patreon community, you can get advanced episode releases, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and early access to merchandise. If you can't contribute financially, it always helps if you tell a friend about your favorite episodes, share about Low Profile on social media, subscribe for free on your favorite podcast platform, and give us a rating and review whenever you listen. Low Profile also receives in-kind support thanks to these independent Olympia businesses. San Francisco Street Bakery, Schwartz's Deli, Rainy Day Records, Old School Pizzeria, and Schurler Easy Premium Shitty American Lager from Three Magnets Brewing Company. And most of all, thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Now, let's get to today's show. Welcome back to Low Profile. In this 53rd installment, I'm joined by Wes Buckley. This is Sleeping Like a Deer, the first track on his latest LP, The Towering Ground. When you were born, I clambered out Of a termite tenement My mouth of wood chips Babbling to my bugged out buddies Waiting for the axe to fall Wishing I'd been raised in a pear tree In a stable nuclear family With flowers at the table Instead I roam so close to home Wondering how to make money Tell me how do you make money Show me how you make it fat One quick fix Well I'm on the floor Jobless and in dimension of fractal That brown maple syrup I sing Yankee Doo and Yankee Dawn No one will hear until I'm losing Losing sleep and all my heat Leaking out of my doorway Tell me how I don't want to give too much away, so let's get to it. Wes Buckley spoke with me from his studio in Western Massachusetts. We just heard Sleeping Like a Deer, which is the first song off of The Towering Ground, which is the, at the time of this recording, latest LP from Wes Buckley. And I've got Wes on the line. How you doing, Wes? Doing great, yeah. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm in the midst of uh, a cold snap up here in uh, western Massachusetts and um, looking at a negative six plus whatever the wind chill 
factor is this evening, but all is good. I'm down in my, um, you know, my studio, which is uh, the lower level here, and I have my knit beanie on and my house slippers and um, likewise, hitting likewise. up this, yeah, yeah, and hitting up this uh, this uh, chaga chaga tea. You get into the mushroom teas at all? No, not too much. Um, I I do have a friend who's uh, offered me some before, and I've had it, but it's not a it's not a staple in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. I've been getting into it. It's it's enjoyable. Um, so yeah, this I'm actually I'm I'm sitting in the in the zone where that last record uh, was made. Cool, so, cool. And yep. are you from there originally, or where did you grow up? Yeah, I am from this area. Um, I generally have just have lived in this area. Um, I grew up in uh, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, just a a small town uh, city on the kind of on the New York border. It's about a less than an hour east of Albany, New York. Oh, okay. And yeah, and you grew up in music, right? You had a musical family, and. That's that's my understanding. I did a little bit of digging. Um, yeah, like your dad and your grandpa. Are your dad and grandpa Jeff Buckley and Tim Buckley, or no, no? But um, coincidentally, my my father's name is was Jeff Buckley. He just spelled it with a G. So he's other he's other Jeff Buckley. <laughs> oh, see, but, uh... <laughs> those crystals I bought are paying off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he was a he was a musician. Um, we weren't really in touch, but I I did uh, when he passed away. Actually, I inherited some of his gear and stuff, um, and knew of him being a musician. And the uh, the mystery and the allure of it definitely uh, you know brought me in. And then from there, it was kind of my own thing. But um, um, my grandfather was uh, was a tenor sex man and um and he played a lot too um did you know him i did know him yeah and i i know a lot of his he ran on he like uh ran away one time and and joined some the sax player was out one night for stan kenton's band and he, he snuck in and he played one gig with him that's oh, one wow. of his uh favorite tales to tell which man that must have been a night you know yeah um that's an instant he, legacy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he he was he played horn, played clarinet, and uh, did some little bit of composing and stuff. But he kind of was caught up in the World War II, and after that, he had like a big band prior to. And and, I, and the story goes that I guess only four or five of them came back, and he just kind of didn't play much after that he did some singing he played in this giant barbershop quartet called the Housatonics, and they did like Ara Lee you know those old timey tunes uh-huh. um and uh but not much horn but yeah musical nonetheless you know right on so yeah. so what about that song that you led the album off with it's it's got a very like haunting quality and it seems like, I don't know, uh, what standpoint you wrote that from, but it's, it's kind of chilling and, um, 
Sounds like it comes from experience or experience you've observed, or I, I, I'm not sure what it, it puts me in a state. Yeah, the, and I think it's a great cool. way to it's a great way to kick the album off. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, making a, a a full a record and having it be a world that you you kind of enter into pretty pretty immediately. So I'm, I'm glad it had that effect on you. Uh, um, that one is, uh, I guess my read on that one is like a, an account of the, you know, one of the epidemics that I think a lot of America is facing right now is like the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. And that's like a, it's a, I, I'm, you know, I don't have any substance use disorder related to opioids but loved ones do and so that that is like a you know a observational account mm-hmm. of that walk my walk into the grave sideways thinking shadows hide hear my yawp oh my bitter bark I'm topless in my pants are Sliding, feather me, or kick my face for lying down in your forest. Orange needles coat the dirt. There, where my girl is twisting, I'm sleeping like a deer. just a snapshot of today you know just kind of socially and culturally and um somebody moving through the world kind of in the underground kind of without money and kind of just like out of their mind and (laughs) and, but you know with with hope i i hope you know i hope there's some element of hope in there but um, yeah yeah that's um that's the a general overview but um I wanted to to happen in a kind of liquid, poetic way that was sort of, uh, um, you know, splashes of, of uh, just like throwing Polaroids around kind of feel, you know, sure, of this sure. person's of this person's uh, state or predicament, you know. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, so I hope that it can. I, I think it could. It can, you know. I think people could relate to that if they have that experience, you know, but, um, it is also of a personal one for me too. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I thought that the towering ground was just right off the bat, noticeably a lot more stripped down, um, Mm -hmm. than most of your previous work and it's still very vivid, but, um, yeah, you're previously, there was a lot more layers going on, I think. And you do yeah. have, you know, multiple guitars throughout, but it's mostly a guitar record. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, 
was that like a, a COVID thing or just a thing you needed to do or? Yeah, it was a COVID thing. It was recorded in April of 2020. Um, and, uh, I think so yes in that regard but um really i i've been wanting to to do that for a long time but i i didn't i couldn't figure out how to do it because i'm so inclined towards arrangement and just like like you said i just love all the layers and counterpoint melodic stuff and i still did that like like you mentioned with the guitars on this one but it just kind of was like, okay, I can hear how I could do that now with this group of songs. And I think I can, I think I can go for it now and, and I can do that. Um, I've wanted to do it for a while and I tried it before. There are a couple, uh, records floating out there that are just like an acoustic guitar thing. But, um, yeah, I, I think I finally kind of got there. Well, that's nice. It, it gives the songs, you know, some room to breathe, which is yeah. refreshing. Yeah. And and it's the first one that's come out as an LP, is that right? Yes. Um yeah, that's the first um of my tunes and and as a full-length form like that. I've been on other vinyl releases but not not like a, you know, full-length Wes Buckley thing. So um that was uh a result of um the uh around here there's a our our cherished um record store in um North Adams Mass um which is where Mass Mocha is and there's some like uh the Solid Sound Festival and stuff is up there um there's Culture a Culture Center uh, yeah yeah exactly there's a record store Bell Tower Records and uh other Wes and and his wife Andrea um created a a small label out of the store and this was the uh this was the first release from that label um called half a million records great title for a label yeah yeah cool and since that came out um i i assume you probably haven't toured but you did have a a baby which would also prevent you from touring pandemic aside (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes sir so yeah. how, how's yeah. fatherhood going how are you, is this your is this your first it's our first yeah and uh yeah it's going it's going great i mean it's been amazing and and um haven't been haven't been touring though but have been doing um um finishing up basics for another record with a full band kind of back to the you know, back to the huge, more, more bigger arrangements and, and uh-huh. I'm pretty excited about it. So that, as far as the song side of it goes, um, some more songs coming. Yeah. Nice, nice. Mount Santo looms out the window of my kitchen, out the window of my belly button woo. I will be ill. No more, not my children, not my more. Someone teach me how to grow. Throw a bucket on your roof. 
Fill your backyard with good earth Mind the sun, sun the mind Mind the sun Food grows inside So The Towering Ground was not your first vinyl release. I mean, it was the first album, but you you had a split with Michael Hurley that came out at 45, right? Yeah, I think that was in um, 2014. Um, And yeah, I, I was touring with Johnny Fritz and... He set up a tour with Michael just like a few days in New England, maybe part of Michael's kind of annual New England run. Uh-huh. And um, we were in Maine and in Massachusetts. And that's when I met him. And and then um, and then the next time he came around, I kind of, you know, I asked him if he. <laughs> I don't know how I don't remember how it went, but somehow I got myself on on stage to accompany him for his next show for a few tunes. I and mean, I did that for a couple of years. And nice. so uh, and he um, at one one time after that, he he had been approached by Lucky Peach, the, the food magazine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how it worked out. But anyway, yeah, they they put out a 45 of his and um he gave me a call and asked me to uh, to do the split with him. So um, it was food related. Um, yeah, Mount Santo. Yeah, yeah. Like his was, a, you know, they were both sort of um, social comments on like the agribusiness deal uh-huh. here, and um, so mine was kind of like a corny pun on. Well, his was about corn, I think, and mine was uh, about um, this. Uh, giant kind of pile of shit that was called Mount Santo where people got their food from. And, and it was like a, how can we kind of reclaim some of that food culture back from agribusiness practices? I know the town Monsanto, Illinois got renamed to something. I actually, really? I actually just learned that today. Um, wow. Since, since last time I was there driving through as has monsanto as far as i know they're they're they've dropped that name too i think they have a new name oh really but, i wonder what they're yeah, a lot of those as. groups yeah they change their name often for for the better pr and stuff you know? huh. <laughs> uh, sneaky sneaky devils yeah yeah so anyway uh, that's how that came about and uh, yeah that was that was a fantastic moment I wanted to um, point out that on your last two records, uh, Towering Ground and then the previous uh, 2020's Dancing the Bliss, both of those Mm -hmm. records kind of hinted at your experimental music side, like more like in the sort of as textures underneath. But Mm. the last thing that you put out, uh, 192020, just Mm -hmm. leans all the way into that zone. And... um, you know, listening back through your previous work, I can hear that you're really into this, you know, creating soundscapes and free improvisation and all this. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's a whole nother side of, uh, yeah, like the West Buckley that's 
available on Spotify, say, or, you know, like you, you can exactly. dig a whole lot deeper. your relationship with experimental music well it's 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 as old as my relationship to playing songs um in in different bands that i've been in it's always present definitely <laughs> definitely live live performances um it's always an element but um yeah i got i guess i've i guess i made some kind of choice about 10 years ago or so just to see what happened just to like really really i don't know just like really get into crafting songs and and so the two worlds kind of parted there for a little while um mm -hmm. and then and and now they're kind of like coming back together or at least they're they're getting equal attention more more in the past few years and then um with uh with the last you know with with covid i i've just been doing a ton of of recording of uh, more experimental long form open form improvisational stuff and kind of like uh experimenting with alternate scoring and um and a lot of the things on dancing the bliss um that you that you might hear those textures are um, instruments that I've made and um, at shows there'll be like sections of the shows where the instruments come out and there's like a you know weird piece in the in the middle of the set that kind of occurs um, I watched a public access TV appearance you did um, where you and a, a friend who was wearing sunglasses uh, was you were playing guitar and singing songs at his beck and call and then yeah. and then he was sitting at a table or standing facing the wall or reading a magazine yeah. eating an orange right. uh but right. one segment of that he was playing this like weird looking little 
bright red contraption that was sitting on the table the whole time. And I had, I was wondering what, what the hell is this thing? And then he starts playing it with like a bow and, uh, mm. like striking it with mallets and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. I had no idea this was going to become a musical instrument. Yeah. I'm assuming that's one of yours. Yeah, that's the borscht. The um, borscht. I love it. The borscht. I yeah, just it's ate red. Some the other night. Yeah. No way. Yeah, man. So it's a uh, here's you know dad joke uh, number whatever of the night, but it's red and it makes beats. So I name it the borscht, and uh, that day. followed. Yep, that followed the pizza. That was the first one, like circular kind of one that I made and then I've done some cigar box guitars and then I've done one that's has a skull it's like an old dulcimer that I, became a body that one was like a human form and so yeah there's a bunch of them um, and those have been percolating for a few years and that that's kind of like now culminating in a project that I'm, I'm calling free agent which is now I'm kind of putting a name to the more experimental stuff and just having like a place for it. So free agent is like, I took a, it has like three stations. One is the face where there's like a harmonica holder and instead of a harmonica in it, it's like, it's a little wooden block with holes drilled in it that fit different things like a saxophone mouthpiece and a little whistle and all this stuff. And, and that's going through a mic with weird pedals. And then in the hands is the other station. And that's one of the homemade instruments through a bunch of weird pedals. And then at my feet is, um, is something more akin to the borscht, but it's like a old Coke bottle crate turned upside down with different stuff attached to it and a pickup. And that's, um, I can tap on it and I'm actually playing it with my feet. So all three of those things, those three stations are happening at one time creating what you alluded to before, like more of like a sonic uh, journey. Uh-huh. And, um, it's a little world. Yeah, yeah. And I'm texture. really texture thing, yeah. And so I'm, I'm enjoying that. And that's kind of being paired with um, the band that is that I'm playing in mirroring my my um two-prong approach of songs and and weirdness and so we're a band that plays songs but also we've spent the past few months doing these long improvisations and recording them and that that group is called vaguely pagan and so that stuff's going to be coming out on this label too it's called condiment records so now i've kind of have, have a place for all that um all that music and it and I'm sure they'll still be merged and, and everything, but I'm excited, feeling excited about it having its own thing too. I couldn't really find a lot of your music online, like like Bandcamp uh, and other platforms, um, but I saw evidence that things existed. I jokingly wrote to you that uh, I'd like to hear your like stoner metal band from high school. Yeah. And I didn't exactly get that specifically but um you were in a project called dick heaven that yeah almost like kind of went in that direction absolutely yeah <laughs>
that turned into a band, but that started out as a solo thing in, in New York City and um, did that for a few years. That was like a four-track recording thing um, that I did that was kind of electro and really darkly psychedelic. And um, I used a, I used like a sampler, like a Roland SP404 sampler for the arrangements on a lot of that. What I, mm-hmm. I came to this epiphany at one point where I, it has, it's like a little box with 12 buttons on it, you know? And um, I realized at a certain point that the, that the chromatic scale also has 12 tones in it. And so I kind of like tripped out on that and I, I would, I would take my four track and I would make like these arrhythmic blasts of all these different instruments, say playing an E, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it'd be like this little orchestral moment of an E and that would go in button one right. and then like, yeah button two would be all different instruments for the F and the F sharp and G and G sharp. So it had like a whole, you know, octave of, of every note. And then I would, and then I would like press the buttons three at a time or whatever to make like a little triad to make a little chord. And it would sound like this really crazy orchestra playing kind of like out of rhythm, but, but because I was pressing the buttons, there was a rhythm to it. So it was just this kind of like, lo-fi version of samples um and using that i would and then under it would be like a drum machine and then like a funky or reggae-ish bass line and and some, and i play saxophone so that'd be on there and, and then usually like a blues driver pedal on some vocals just and yeah just really kind of crazy music Heaven part was meant to be more like a. Uh, it, I was, it was like a, as if it was some sort of like trippy, lounge act. Like uh-huh. I was realizing that Dick was such a common name for like late night TV hosts and uh-huh. sure and and there was just like this character that like, of guy named Dick, you know. And I and I so I was just I ran with that, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where that happened. 
that's relatable. This I I will absolutely edit this out, but um, when when I lived in the Mojave Desert, I had a band called Airplanes, and mm-hmm. which uh, we we lived in Lancaster, which is in L.A. County, and it's only an hour's drive to like you know proper L.A. or Hollywood or anything, but it's out in the boonies, and nobody like. Nobody respected us like or like the desert just didn't get it, it was if if we had been from like an hour further away, like said we were from Bakersfield, we would have been able to get L.A. gigs. But since we were like just a little bit out of reach, we had yeah. so much hell getting a getting concerts in like L.A. proper. So I That's decided so that we were going to hire a manager, which was my alter ego, Dick MacArthur. Yep. There you go. And Dick MacArthur would call up, you know, the knitting factory and Spaceland Uh and all the L.A. spots (laughs) and just be like, yeah, my my boys, the airplanes, they're going to be on that gig with Guided by Voices coming up in a couple months. And I just wanted to check in and, like, make sure you get their rider and everything. I'm like, oh, Oh, I wasn't aware. I mean, I think it only worked one time, just like. And it was something like filling a blank date that they probably would have given me anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> but great. I, I I relate to the uh, the dick persona. Like yeah, that's, yeah, it's it's yeah, some it's something to embody for sure. Yeah, totally. That's um, great. Didn't you also play alto sax in a funk band? Yeah, that was around the same time. was in New York City and um, well I guess I guess uh, before New York City I lived in in Vermont in Burlington Vermont and um, I uh, was in this uh, duo called Fantastic Dungeon with this guy it's kind of like a noisy weird thing We, we didn't wear shirts and I don't know. We wore like burlap and, uh, and like had chains. That was a very theatrical thing. And uh, and and uh, that guy, his name is Christmas Woods, and um, he was friends with this this lady, Sara, and um, she was one of the original members of of USA as a Monster, and so. Through them, when I moved to New York, I was able to get in touch with Colin Langinus. And and um, I went to, well, the drummer, um, Tommy, was, was playing in one of his other bands, Black Elf Speaks, and they were playing um, at one of those old venues, um, 285 Kent or something like that in, in, in Brooklyn. And... Uh, I went to the show and I, and I had heard that he was starting this funk band and I had just moved to New York and I was a you know a big fan of 
of USA as a monster and uh, and I was like looking for people to meet and I went up to him and I, was, I said hey you know Sara Sara connected us and everything and uh, I hear you're looking for a sax player and he looks at me and he goes pray free on Wednesdays and that was all he said to me and I was like sure yeah yeah (laughs) free on Wednesdays he's like alright alright cool stop by it was this wild group of guys um 10 or 11 of us and it was like a alto sax trombone oboe um percussion bass guitar and drums and uh keys and we just it it was kind of a blend of funkadelic and sunra and and just noise sounds like a party it was a party band and we ended up we ended up touring like we toured in California and we toured with Greg Ginn and we <laughs> we toured like the New England a bunch and and played a lot of cool shows and put out quite a few records on Electric Cowbell which was the drummer Jimmy Thompson's label that she still has rocking and uh and that was like my getting back into to saxophone which was sort of my first instrument from when I was a little boy, that was what I started on in like elementary school because of my grandfather. And, uh, or I guess I just chose it and then found out that he had played. That was how I kind of found, first found out that he'd played. So, um, but anyway, um, the funk band also had its own akin to what I was describing with my two prong thing. Colin also started, a used all the same people and started this long jam band long tune jam band thing called the colonel orchestra so we would go play shows and we would do like the whole night we would do like two sets and one i'd play the alto sax and then we'd reset up and like the oboe player would play keyboard and i would play guitar and we'd be the colonel orchestra and we'd play some of his songs and that was a lot of my a lot of my uh, time in new york was was working with colin oh wow met so many he's like a you know one of those key people in your life that i just kind of like we have like a psychic connection but i also met so many people through him and kind of all leads back to him and a lot for a lot of things for me so so uh speaking of vermont um Mm -hmm. you you have an album from 2015 called eggs yeah and um i've only heard one track from it but I think it's safe to say that most people in in this business in the in the music world don't have an album called Eggs. <laughs> okay. You, you know who does is um one of my favorite cartoonists, James Kochalka. Oh, he does? He has an album called Eggs from just a couple of years ago. I I this is like research right before the interview. I'm like, I wonder who else has an album called Eggs. And then I like No way. made that connection. Um, what was his, his band called? The James Super... Kochalka Superstar. Yeah, um, I remember he, seeing he, them. Yeah, he makes a comic called American Elf and lots Absolutely, of other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and you know, it's it's like 
it's like silly, vulgar punk music uh-huh. with uh, you know gross lyrics. Um, yeah, <laughs> is is your version is your eggs album like that? I can't find it. Um, it's uh, it's more like the tune that you heard. Um, not me, not me. That's right. That's from eggs, and uh, but it was um, no. Well, the cover has a painting of a uh, of a bird of prey on it, and there's a there's like a lot of bird illusions, but it's definitely more of a uh, serious guy thing than what you just described, you know? So yeah. they, they might, they might, they might pair well together. But, um, it, and it, and it does have a lot of songs about like what I thought of as like things about to happen or things ending. And on a personal note, I, I just love eggs and like, to, yeah. And like the concept of it or to eat. Oh eggs man. Or... I just eat the shit out of egg. I eat eggs. Yeah. yeah I eat eggs. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, uh, Man, six years ago, I don't remember all the other reasons at the time, though. Man, it was you know it had to be called eggs, so <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> but <laughs> well, but I'll have to check out his version. I, I we he was like he's obviously a really cool guy, you know. So I didn't I didn't I didn't know him um, too well when I was there, but I did I did, would go see his his bands and I knew his, all his friends. I knew, I know this other band that he was, I think in the same era and was Swale and I'd go see them play a lot. They were great. They still play. And yeah, there's so many awesome artists from Burlington. Ryan Power is is up there and, um, really fertile scene, fertile, uh, like eggs. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I was a little disappointed that his, the title track from his album didn't even really talk that much about eggs. Uh, But, you know... There's always eggs, too. Yeah. Always eggs, too. How many eggs should I eat in an hour? How many times should I poop in the shower? How many fingers am I holding up right now? How many cakes should I tap with my wiener? How many times should I kiss Justin Bieber? How much money are you gonna give me now? So many questions, let me ask a question. So many questions, bro. So many questions, let me ask a question. So many answers, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a stab in the dark, but now we all know. There's so much to learn. Yeah, no, but it, but same town, you know. We de- we definitely. I lived there when he was there and everything. The, not me is like kind of a. I mean, it's it, it is playful, but it's a heavy song. Who's gonna come to your funeral party? Anyone? The mortician son.
And it's a spin on the little red hen, right? Or am I wrong about that? Oh no, no, I don't know. I don't know that. Oh, it's like the old folk tale about like who's gonna help me, like you know, plant the grains I need to make this bread or whatever. And oh, the little right, red hen right, goes right. around, and everyone's like, "Not I, not I." Right, right, right. <laughs> I think that's where I <laughs> no, got I that. Do. Maybe because of the egg, uh, egg and the hen thing, the chicken and the egg. Wow, that's so cool that that just happened. No, that wasn't on purpose. No, but um, it was. It's when I, I I just I I love doing that. I love uh, um, facing facing the the gravity of things with with like a certain amount of humor, you know. Yeah. Rather than ignoring it with humor or ignoring it with just whatever boring thing i i don't know i think it's it's uh it's uh pretty interesting to 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 delve and to have that be one of your one of your tools you know one of your or one of your weapons you know yeah we uh for sure. my friend my same friend that i mentioned before we have this uh he's a he's an educator and he he asked me one time, um, so it was something that he was working on for his students and it was, and, and he said something like, you know, pick three words that you would want to operate under, or maybe he said live by, but it didn't have to be that heavy. And, uh, and then squish them together and make one word out of it. And, uh, I, I came up with humology, which is humor malleability and courage i thought there was going to be knowledge in there somewhere you're a tricky guy you never know you know if you humology enough you might you might find yourself an old you know might might stumble upon some wisdom i don't know but uh so i'm just kind of humologing around when possible yeah yeah um you've carried a vibe throughout a lot of your music that, um, speaking of like humology, mm -hmm. which feels good to say that for the first time, but yeah. um, like there, there seems to be like an air of like spirituality or mysticism or magic, like, like kind of a supernatural type thing, um, mm -hmm. that you come back to. And, um, I, I guess what I want to know is, can you see the future or, as a backup question, uh, do you have any works in progress that you'd like to talk a little bit about? Works in progress, upcoming works, that kind of thing? Yeah, that kind of thing. Or, yeah. or I mean, prophecies. We can, we can go Pro with prophecies, too, if you got any. Prophecies? Well, I'm, I'm thinking that the color blue will continue to be one of the most popular colors it's in vogue and yeah i think i'm sticking with or green i'm sticking with blue and green and um and in that regard i'm thinking that uh it's an earthly prophecy uh -huh. um come true and at least I'm gonna, gonna, that's my hope i'm gonna stock up and on blue and green i think clothing. that um a lot of the yeah Blue and green the everything. questions that 
someone might really wish they could figure out how to ask um, can be found there. And, and, uh, <laughs> you hear that? Um, yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. The sirens have spoken. Yes. And I think that, uh, yeah, it, it is. And, uh, mid to late spring, um, there'll be, there'll be a lot of, um, a lot of new music, um, coming from, um, the recordings that, I, that I've been doing over the past couple of years, there's a lot of stuff and, and, um, I just want it to be out there and not so hard to find on the internet as you were <laughs> saying about some of the other stuff. <laughs> Wes Buckley, thank you so much for sharing your time and your music with us today. Uh, where can people find your music? Um, they can find, uh, most things that I'm doing at westbuckley.com. Great. Great. Okay. Well, enjoy this, uh, the rest of this first year of fatherhood and, yeah, uh, thank you. And I hope your predictions for the rest of the year come true. I'm uh, going to, so I'm going to stock up on blue and green clothing blue and green everything yeah and uh and thank you blue and green everything i I appreciate the talk thanks so much take off touchdown pop in the seat walking around dusty boots kick stone stick in the air no gravity to spare and the old coral any form of you is meaningless on the bigger scene. Size of the sun is always harder to handle than something shaped from gasoline. Fear and Served up everywhere, trickling deep down. We take our share. Me and mine are floating, so are you. Even though you can't jump high, the moonwalkers.
for listening to Low Profile featuring the artist Wes Buckley. You can find more about this episode and Wes's music on our website. That's at lowprofilepodcast.com and you can also find the show's complete archive there as well. Also, special thanks to Nathan Burko Gibson who painted the portrait for this episode. And if you like this program, you know, Shoot me an email. I'm at lowprofilemarkley at gmail.com. All right. Catch you next time. Jeff and Bay.